0: We are now joined by a former elected official, a, uh, one of the few elected officials to be a member of the DSA, Democratic Socialist America, in the 1990s. That is former mayor of St. Paul, Minnesota, my hometown, Mr. James Sheibel, excuse me. Thank you for joining us. Good to be here. So you are you a native St. Paulite or did you uh, move here at, at some point?
1: No, I'm, I'm native, grew up on the west side, Highland Park, of, of St. Paul. So cool. spent some time in D.C. in the Carter administration, Clinton administration, but mm-hmm. other than that St. Paul's my home. I love it.
0: Great. And what was your early life like in in St. Paul? Was there uh, was it sort of a uh, political place at the time? Were there people agitating for, uh, you know, this was would have been sort of the post New Deal era, right? Um, was Was it a hotbed of of left-wing activity or, or not so much?
1: Well, my, my grandfather worked at Ham's Brewery and he was a union member. So I remember reading the Union advocate as a young kid. Um, I had an uncle who um, was very active or liked politics and was always encouraging, encouraged me to get involved. Um, so a, a turning point for me or part of my political education was when I was in College and like so many other people in the 60s, read Michael Harrington's The Other America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was one, got to do something about it. So I was always, um, it just made a lot of sense to me. And um, I went to Nazareth Hall, which was what we call the minor seminary, four years of high school, two years of college, studying to be a priest. Um, and then went to St. John's in Collegeville. But those years were very formative um, in that um, Dorothy Day would come and speak just about every year. Um, I met her, her Daniel Berrigan. um, The monks at St. John's very much lived in a community, were working on issues. And then, um, sort of, my later college years at St. John's was during the Vietnam War. and I was a conscientious objector, did some draft counseling uh, and knew that draft counseling was good, but we really needed to change the system. So right. um, became involved with Gene McCarthy's campaign in 1968. But also on part of that road, I did my alternative service in public housing in St. Paul. Um, and um, it was the time of the Poor People's March. Um, so. It was very much, um, to this day, um, I feel very much, and there's people continuing to address that. So that was a lot of my political political background between the Vietnam War and um, I also just, um, St. Paul's a really accessible city and mm-hmm. um, was active in the neighborhoods, community clinics, um, started a neighborhood paper. Um, so I felt local is always important. Yeah. Uh, and became active, um, ran a couple um, campaigns um, and then um, ended up at one point, well, I became a community organizer, big influence. So Alinsky Training okay. Industrial Foundation. And I thought a good place to do some organizing is to be an elected official, to not just to address issues like food and hunger and the environment. Um, right on. Um, just, like I to say, always sort of knew we've got the resources to address the issues that need to be dealt with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of Harrington, right? That we, this is the richest uh, country in the world. The resources are there. It's just a matter of uh, making sure they're distributed uh, better. But you are a uh, lifelong Catholic. Is that correct? Um, yes. I f- feel like for a lot of uh, millennials, it's it seems sort of you know, Catholicism and the left seems sort of like strange bedfellows for for younger people. But that there's a storied history there. Uh, how how has Catholicism shaped your politics? And uh, historically, do you feel at some point that um, the church left the left, or the left left the church, or, or how did things uh, change over the past few decades?
1: Well, I mean, the, the institutional church is really challenging and. Mm sort of every day I ask, how can I be part of that? Yeah. Um, but as I shared with you just briefly, um, the Catholic Church is also a great school for social justice. Right. Um, and certainly that had an influence um, on me. And so issues like um, St. Paul being the second city in the country to have a food policy, hmm. um, to work on housing, um, I did a lot of work to look at policies relating to homelessness, um, chaired that Conference of Mayor's Task Force on that in League of Cities. Um, that very much is grounded in my belief of, um, in social justice, which I gain a lot of um, continue to um, influence me um, about the kind of life we should be living. And so if you really think about democratic socialism, it's about sharing resources and making right. sure the youngest and the oldest um, are addressed um, and looking at the, re- the distribution of wealth. Right. Uh, um, those are all justice issues. And by the way, Anders, I mean, Joe Biden's a very interesting study
0: uh-huh.
1: now. Um, and some people are surprised by maybe some things he, he's done. Um, I think he very much grew up during post-Vatican II, um, mm. and justice. Um, a lot of his justice stands are really many of his stands today. What he's trying to do with the infrastructure and childcare, I think, are based in his faith. And I know hmm. I've read some interviews; he would say the same thing.
0: Right. Well, well you mentioned the food policy. Can you explain a little bit uh, wh- what that is, what that means practically? The food having a, a urban food policy.
1: Yeah, well, one, one of the lessons um, I learned in politics, and I think it's certainly part of a democratic socialist movement, you don't do things on your own. Right. Um, and so we actually, they're still around, have a great food advocacy, food security um, organization, the Minnesota Food Association. So when I got elected the city council, um, I had known their work and, um, and Taylor and uh, we heard about Knoxville was the first city. Um, city shouldn't, I mean, think about food and think about mm-hmm. the So it's everything from things like supporting the farmer's market. Yeah. Uh, we worked to get so that food stamps at that time uh, could be accepted. Um, we did some, um, I guess you'd call it trips or visit to just the surrounding areas, understanding the issues and the challenges of being farmers, and how we need to associate with that, um, um, food deserts. We looked at what can the city do. So there's a lot of ways city can cities can impact. So St. Right. Paul's second city, and it's now part of the county. Looking at how do we address food security. Right, and so when you were first uh, elected to
0: city council, what what year was that and what what ward and uh, what was sort of the political landscape in the city at that time?
1: Well, it was um, 1982. And as I said, I had been very active, particularly on the West Side with the West started the West Side Citizens Organization, West Side, West Side Voice was active Mm -hmm. with clinics and active in the local DFL uh, politics at the time. And in 1982, the city of St. Paul went from an at-large system. So they, there were seven council members, and it used to be all seven were up. And then you would choose what they called an alley, A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really, one, it's expensive to run citywide for city council. Um, but um, I would really say the neighborhood movement had a lot to do with the city going back to a ward system. Oh, okay. And, and so I represented the second ward there was no incumbent. Um, Final opponent was a good friend and an organizer from the West Seventh Area, uh, Dave Thune. So it was a hard fought campaign. Hmm. Um, But uh, I ended up with more votes than he did. But he ended up years later spending many terms on the the council. But there were the first piece of legislation I introduced as a council member in 1982 Anders just sort of speaks to the time. Um, I and some of my my friends were very active in Catholic charities and the Dorothy Day Center. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first resolution was establishing a task force on street people. So, you know, yeah. we didn't talk about homelessness; it was street people, and that led to the formation of the St. Paul Coalition for the Homeless. Um, and then we sort of merged it became the Minnesota Coalition for the Homeless. And I've gotten a lot of honors and recognition in my life. And the one of them that definitely means the most to me was the Michael Harrington Award that I received in the in the 80s from the Minnesota Coalition for the for the homeless. Uh, but St. Paul was a blue-collar city. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was very much a progressive movement, but there was certainly a conservatism, you know, I think some good values um, were, were part of that. Um, But St. Paul has changed. um, And I think that's reflected in the city council today. Yeah. I think it's great to have uh, Mitra Jahali and Nelson Yang. Um, I, I think they just contribute so much and, you know, they connect with, democratic socialism. and um, I think the city's better off for that. There's some other council members like Rebecca and Amy that I think are, well, the whole group is solid, but I I think um, I really applaud Nelsie and and Mitra for sort of pushing, I would say, democratic socialist values um, in city hall.
0: Absolutely. Um, and yeah, now, it, of course, there's uh, been a resurgence of uh, democratic socialism in a sense, right? So obviously we are not close to taking over the, the country, but, um, but we often think of the 80s as it's the time of Reagan, right? The country's moving to the right, but there was all these local movements like the one you're describing in places like you know, Burlington, Vermont, where they elected a socialist mayor everyone knows about. Uh, and then there was the beginning of DSA, the, the Rainbow Coalition. Uh, what was it like uh, at that time uh, to be on the left? What was the beginning of DSA like? And was there sort of any kind of national uh, coordination with these different movements and elected officials in
1: different parts well, of the country? There wasn't coordination, but for example, through the League of Cities, National League of Cities, there was a group of progressive, or many of them would certainly today call themselves democratic socialists, mm-hmm. that we would sort of caucus and really push the envelope of... and of the National League of of Cities um, to take progressive stands.
0: Okay, Uh, and were you involved in the Rainbow Coalition at all, Jackson's campaigns?
1: Um, No, um, I wasn't, there was sort of a peace coalition in that, John Gene McCarthy's. Um, Actually, it influenced me and probably the most progressive or solid candidate I worked for at a national level that's connected with the agenda of DSA was Fred Harris mm. in 1976, who talked about redistributing the wealth. Uh, Fred, just uh, Jim Hightower was the campaign mm, yeah. manager. Uh, but I mean, I think if you look at people that, many people that worked for Fred ended up running for office and part mm. of the progressive agenda.
0: Cool. And uh, you, of course, ran for mayor, in, and you won in
1: 1989. 1989. Uh, and, yeah, and, you know, and through the League of Cities, um, got to know Bernie Sanders, and Bernie did a fundraiser for me. Really? Uh, here in St. Paul. Where, wow. Um, I mean, it's, one, I, I was very upfront. I mean, those are my values. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good to have conversations, you know, what is a democratic socialist? And... I've always been active within the party, but uh, see that, as I said, Mitra and Nelsie are really good examples today about that voice, you know, sort of pushing. Um, I think we end up with better policies. for them.
0: Right. And so what's your
1: shirt, by the way, it says St. Paul. So. Oh
0: yeah. It says St. Paul. It, I admittedly got it in Delaware. Okay. Uh, Cause it's a, I think it was a school or something. And I, of course I see St. Paul. So I, I, shell out the 10 bucks. Um, but, uh, when you became mayor of this, this fair city, uh, what was that terrain like? Like what, how, how was it to govern in the late eighties, early nineties as a democratic socialist? Um, and what, what were some of the things well, you were able to accomplish?
1: Was, um, I certainly would call St. Paul progressive at that time. Um, the, like the teachers union and some of the other more progressive unions were sort of playing a lead role in St. Paul. So they're very supportive of what I was doing. There's always been a lot of neighborhood organizing. There's been faith-based organizing. Um, so they certainly help shape the, uh, help shape the, the city's, city's agenda. Um, I, I, I mean, for, um, A big issue at that time in 89 was addressing um, or we, there were a number of Hmong and other Southeast Asians who Mm -hmm. were calling St. Paul at home. And so working particularly with that community, you know, what were they looking for? So we established at one of the high schools on Saturday uh, the opportunity for, for them to keep their keep their culture and learn things like, how do you fix a broken window? I mean, they're becoming mm. um, homeowners, um, legal issues. Um, but I, I think, you know, and look at this, the council and elective other officials we have elected in St. Paul at the state level, um, the, the refugees, um, Southeast Asians and Hmong have played a key role in yeah. um, making St. Paul a city a city for all. Um, And I've always interested, had a interest, I think a democratic socialist agenda is being addressing the young and youth Mm -hmm. and also the uh, old. So um, um, as mayor started public achievement uh, with Harry Boyd who's um, an organizer and scholar on civic studies. Uh, It was a program we started in schools where the youth did politics, uh, and started some other youth programs and, and also addressed, um, today I'm a regional volunteer director. It's a volunteer position for AARP. And uh, Mm -hmm. I always remind people AARP started because Ethel, uh, who was a teacher and a principal, um, found one of her teachers in retirement, living in a chicken coop. So, um, there's, um, and this so I, was a
0: human teacher. This was, she was not a chicken, the teacher. No, I mean,
1: okay. uh, but, um, and that's, you know, Ethel said we got to organize and yeah. um, the teacher union. So, um, again, um, I think there's a lot of good leadership in AERP and older people who are sort of pushing. And, and, and if you think about a democratic socialist agenda, Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid, um, those those are critical to the future of our um, to my generation and to other people. So, um, I I think it's very consistent with the agenda of the de- Democratic socialists of America.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you were in office for for four years, uh, elected in in eighty nine. Uh, did you decide not to, uh, seek a second term or, or how did that, what, what was that yeah, decision I had, or
1: I had spent eight years on the council, most of the uh-huh. president and then the four years. And it was one of the toughest decisions I ever made. Do I run again? And I had, as I shared with you, been active on like the issue of homelessness. Um, Clinton was elected and I've always been, um, being a conscientious objector, I've always been a supporter of national service.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so I'm sort of the lead mayor on national service. Um, so announced I wouldn't run again. And Clinton in that first year passed the uh, legislation, national service legis- legislation that created the corporation for national um, and community service. Um, and part of that was the action agency so did the Vista of the Poverty. And so I was nominated and confirmed to be director of Vista in the Senior Corps and part of the corporation. And I'm very pleased to say so that one of the people who held that position of Director of Vista in the Senior Corps was John Lewis. So oh, wow. um, and one of my mentors, again, a really solid value, very Christian oriented, but started the led the war on poverty. Um, led the, for the peace corps sergeant shriver who mm-hmm. was one of my mentors and, uh, michael harrington and his his values were always really close to sarge's also oh really so i was just hoping and it worked out that i would find something else and spent seven years um, director of visiting in the senior corps came back to do some work with some nonprofits relating addressing mm-hmm equal opportunity. Um, And for the last 13 years, I've been teaching at Hamlin University, and Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, And just impressed by the young people, uh, by the students. Uh, And uh, it doesn't surprise me we're seeing an increase in the number of people interested in DSA, because the students, um, the work in the classroom um, very much Anti-racism, but other justice issues, particularly economic issues, are mm-hmm. um, really important to them.
0: Yeah, and what's that like seeing uh, this new wave of of especially young people joining the organization that you remember from from the beginning? What uh, what is that experience like?
1: Well, you know what I like is um, they're sort of challenging the system a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and I think in some ways I was. Those early years, I would challenge a little more. Um, I mean, I was always an organizer, look for the self-interest. How do we bring... I, I was always interested in forming coalitions.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I think they, they certainly, um, as I said, their values, I think, like I said, St. Paul's a better city today because of the mix of people on the city council. hmm and certainly Nelsi um, and Mitra. Um, and I, it's just sort of a push, but they're both they're both really good organizers, bringing in other people. But I guess, Andres, I mean, we shouldn't be um, tension is a good thing, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just very pleased that I saw there looks like there's enough signatures for rent control. Right. And again, that's part of the movement in St. Paul, and you know, I'm sure we argued back and forth. But I'm really glad it's on the ballot, and I think it speaks to a lot about the values of the people of St. Paul.
0: Yeah, I'm certainly excited about that. Um, it's I'm a little, I, I've heard though that the rent control laws come at the state level, but um, whatever the case, it's good that it's being raised, and you know, hopefully there'll be a back and forth, and uh,
1: yeah. So when I was on the city council, Mm -hmm. we um, had a right to housing ordinance that Mm -hmm. we referendum that we were going to put put on the ballot, Um, and um, and then the mayor at that time, the city um, council came back and we had enough signatures and said you can't do this if we pass this. Anybody come to St. Paul and they could require housing. God we were, forbid. We were working with legal assistance, so that wasn't our read. But what we did, Anders, is one, it was important. We didn't want to lose because we right. got there, just be a pushback. Um, again, people sort of saying we don't have to be interested or concerned um, about the homeless. Um, and what we did work out is we said, okay, we're, we'll withdraw, I mean, the Petition was deemed um, unconstitutional You know, at the city level. said, okay, we won't push that. But we do, as a city, have a responsibility to know how many people ho- are homeless every year. Mm-hmm. That led to what they do now every two or three years statewide, a survey of homelessness. And we know what ages, we get a good profile of young, of old, mental health veterans uh and that's going on to this day so i i consider that a victory because every every year or so there's at least a discussion both public and in the council about are we are we are we doing our job Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, so it'll be interesting to watch this referendum this time
0: yeah absolutely and uh with the time we've left I'm, i'm curious to get your analysis of uh our, our current mayor, my former council member, Melvin Carter, I used to rent videos to him at the video store I worked at as a teenager, uh, but he's now the, the mayor. And um, what, what do you make of him? And are you in contact with him in an advisory capacity or,
1: or how do you no, I mean, his... see him once in a while? I mean, I would say I do more coaching, of Rebecca Nicker and Mitra Jahali and some, um, mm-hmm. some people. Um, but I think the mayor, um, it's interesting he hasn't taken a stand yet on the rent control thing I think mm. that's yeah. because of the legal, but I think certainly his uh, children born in St. Paul, they get a savings account started. So uh, I don't think anybody would ever question that uh, he comes, that he, and he comes from a family uh, High high values, very people-oriented. So mm-hmm. it's not only Melvin, but his father, Melvin Senior, has always been a booster and working for a better Saint Paul. And his mother is a Ramsey County Commissioner. So mm-hmm. um, I, I would say the Carters um, are solid leadership for the area. That's great.
0: All right. And is there uh, anything you would uh, see any? place people can follow you on social media or anything you would uh, advise uh,
1: people to read or check out just in general uh, well i checked i put things on facebook periodically okay quotes by michael harrington nice um, i think one i put in recently as long as there's wealth um and we don't do anything about it uh we're we're you know that poverty is evil, evil and we should do mm-hmm. something so uh um, And I certainly can be reached at um, Hamlin University, jschiebel01 at hamlin.edu. Great. Well, that's a great resource
0: for organizers out there around the country who want to uh, get some some tips, rules of the road. Uh, But thank you so much for joining me today, Mayor. It was really appreciated. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you.